Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 13. But exhort one another daily while it is called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. There's a joke. The wife and the husband were joking about who's supposed to make the coffee, right? And uh, the husband, of course, wanted the wife to make it. And the wife said, well, no, the husband should make it. And then the husband said that the wife should make it. And the wife said, no. And the Bible, the Bible says that men make coffee, not women. And he said, prove it. She said, Hebrews. So... <laughs> But I'd like to actually speak. It's interesting that Brother mentioned that. So I'd like to speak on a Bible study called The Daily Grind. The Daily Grind. A young woman. <laughs> and that's what life is like a daily grind. Okay? And that's why in the Bible, now going back to our scripture reference, the Bible says, and the Hebrews were exhorted, they were facing persecution. And they were exhorted to uh, not give up the faith, to not give up this new uh, way of living and the acceptance of Jesus Christ. Instead, there are different things written. One of them was, uh, hey, don't give up. Exhort one another daily. You're going through it. This is the answer. While it is called today. And what I'd like to speak of and really focus on is that daily part of being a Christian, the everyday Christian, the daily Christian in the daily grind. So a young woman went to her mother and told her about life and how things were so hard. You know, it's amazing, right? And uh, she didn't know how she was going to make it. She was going to give up. She was tired of fighting and tired of struggling. She was tired of the daily grind. Every time one problem was solved, a new problem came around. That sounds like my life and your life, doesn't it? Amen. Her mother took her to the kitchen. She filled three pots with water and placed each one on high on the stove. Soon the pots came to a boil. In the first, she placed some carrots in the first pot. In the second one, she placed eggs. And in the third pot, she placed ground coffee. Daily grind, if you please. She let them sit at a boil without saying a word. In about 20 minutes, she turned off the burners, let things cool down a little bit, and then she got the carrots out of the first uh, pot and placed them in a bowl. Then she pulled the eggs out, placed them in a bowl, and then she ladled the coffee out and placed it in a cup. <laughs> Turning to her daughter, she said, tell me, what do you see? And the daughter said, mom, I don't see what this has to do with anything, carrots, eggs, and coffee. The mother brought her closer and asked her to feel the carrots, and they were soft. The mother then said, take the egg and break it. After pulling off the shell, she observed the hard boiled egg. It was hard. It was no longer a yolk and it wasn't runny. It wasn't soft. Finally, the mother asked the daughter to sip the coffee. The daughter said, yum. What does it mean, mom? The mother explained that each of these objects had faced 
the same adversity. Boiling water. Each reacted differently to the same thing. The carrot went in strong, hard, and unrelenting. Have you ever hit someone with a wet carrot before? <laughs> However, after being subjected to the boiling water, it softened and became weak. The egg had been fragile, sensitive. Its thin outer shell had protected its liquid interior, but after sitting through the boiling water, its inside became hardened. The coffee beans were unique, however. They were in the boiling water, and they changed the water. So she asked her daughter, when adversity knocks on your door, how do you respond? Do you like the carrot? You start out, I can do this. I'm hard. I'm tough. And then weaken? Are you like the egg? You start out tender and sensitive and become hardened and bitter? Or are you like the coffee and you simply change everything around you? It's all about the daily grind. So what I want to share is, you see, in Christianity, we should be like coffee. And when that daily grind grinds us up, we just get sweeter. Now, I bought an espresso machine. And uh, we were told in our research, right, that you're supposed to spend, it was about 100 bucks, okay? It's not some fancy schmancy thing. To spend about the same amount of money on the grinder as you do the espresso machine. Oh, why? Our grinder has what, like 12 settings or 16? I mean, it's not like grind. It's like all of these little sensitivity. You can have coarse and like mud you can make it fine right well because the grind of the coffee is what makes it so good and i believe that when god lets us go through things in our lives the daily grind of our day is not to destroy us it's not to break us down it's to make us sweeter stronger and more effective in God. And so that's my preface, that's my theory, but we wanna look at three things, three daily things that you can be successful in the daily grind because guess what? We all get to go through it. There's no way out of it. So a preacher wanna make a million dollars, millionaires go through it. What's a guy's name, Jeffrey Epstein or Epstein? Bad ending to that man, very rich. Oh, what about Bill Gates? And I'm not trying to pick on Bill Gates, but Everyone faces trauma and tragedy and and upsets in their life. And he's got billions of dollars. So three things. The first one is daily commitment. I know that's an odd thing for the daily grind. Daily commitment. I want to give you a verse of scripture. And these all have the word daily in them, believe it or not. This one guy, uh, he said, I prayed for a... He said, I prayed for a bike. I was committed. I prayed daily for a bike. Daily for a a bicycle, right? And he said, but I never got one. And I believe God. He said, I prayed daily. So when I grew up, I just stole one and then prayed for forgiveness. (laughs) No, that's not what you do. Okay. (laughs) Luke chapter 9 and verse 23. Jesus speaking, if any man will come after me, 
If you want to be part of the daily grind, if you want to walk with Jesus, let him deny himself and take up his cross. There you go. Daily. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 31, he, in, in part, a part of the scripture, he said, I die daily. Now that doesn't mean that he's like in some movie. Isn't there some movie where some guy dies every day or some, some crazy thing? It wasn't like Groundhog Day where he had to repeat the day over and over again. It was that he made a conscious, intentional commitment to serve God every day. That doesn't mean he got saved every day, okay? That's not what we're talking about. He made that daily commitment intentionally to serve God. I remember going to Bible school one day, and I'm not saying that you should do this, okay? But I was tired. I mean, I worked a construction job, probably drove 45 minutes to get there, 45 minutes back. Did you drive that kind of Brother Patterson, like 45 minutes to work? Everybody did, because we lived out in the woods in Graham, Washington, okay? And uh, so everyone drove up to the city, Seattle or Renton or Tacoma or some 30 or 45 minute uh, each way. And coming back home, I remember being so tired. Now, one time I didn't wake up and I, I totaled my car, but this time I didn't fall asleep, okay? And I was, tr- I was just driving back to the Bible school, going to school at night. And I remember slapping myself to stay awake. Not real hard because you'll knock yourself out, right? But I remember slapping myself and I, I was saying, and I remember this is what happened one time, okay? It's not what happened every day. But I said, I must serve God. And that, 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 I just remember repeating that over and over again. And you know, sometimes it's not easy to serve God. But you know what? Sometimes it's not easy to do anything that you've made a commitment to do. Has ever, don't raise your hand. Has anyone ever committed to a diet on January 1st? I'm in it, man! Two weeks later, you know. <laughs> what happened? What happened? Right, right. Right. It's easy to make that commitment. Man, I'm in there. I'm doing it. Well, commitments are important. And uh, what we make, you know, whether you do a diet or not, Brother Patterson, I love Brother Patterson, but I could not have done any. I did the Krispy Kreme diet this weekend. I mean, I'm literally the Krispy Kreme diet. It's not a diet where you lose weight. It's a diet where you become a donut. And I, and I, and I thank Brother Patterson. I love, I love Brother Patterson. Like a brother, okay? I'm married, but... uh, (laughs) First, my daughter didn't finish her donut, so dads have to eat that. So I ate three quarters of a donut. And then I think I ate four more that Brother Patterson graciously gave to us. And then, I think the next day, there was one left over. I ate that. So I was chomping on Krispy Kremes. And guess what? They were very good. So I am not... Some, I made a commitment, though. I, I, t- I didn't waste one, brother. I took them. I took care of them. If they were vitamins, well, they weren't. But anyway, so. But if you ever made a vow to do something, and now a vow is a serious commitment. And so I'm going to read, uh, there's something called vows. And maybe you've heard these, and maybe you've taken these, and maybe you've stood before God and said something like this, okay? And you were holding someone's hand, probably. Something like this, okay? To have and to hold. No? For better or worse. (laughs) 
No, but preacher, when I said that, it was a faith statement. I was just going for better, right? You know, sometimes we like when we have our vows, we just like try to tell ourselves a lie. For richer, for richer, or <laughs> poorer. Remember the vows? In Now they put this one first, in sickness and in health. To love and to cherish till death do us part. Now, why are those vows important? And, and I took those vows. I don't remember exactly what I said because honestly, I wasn't really thinking about my vows, okay? I was thinking about other things. When you get married, uh, anyway, we'll not go there, but that's completely biblical too. But Amen. vows are made. Now, this is the price of admission, okay, in the daily grind. Vows are made so that when the emotions and ecstasy and excitement of the moment are not there anymore, we remember the commitment that we made. And it sustains us. When your husband is grumpy, it sustains us. When your wife is having a moment, it sustains us. When your child is really sick, it sustains us. When you don't have the richer, when you're the other one, it sustains us. I mean, there's times when you face, you face things in life. And it's the commitment that keeps us together. It's a daily cross. Now, I'm not talking about marriage so much as I'm talking about that grind that you face the answer to the grind is that daily commitment to say, I'm going to take up my cross. I'm crucified with Christ. I'm not my own. I belong to Jesus Christ. It's exciting to say that in a conference. It's exciting to say that around Christians. It's not so exciting when someone's mocking you. It's not so exciting when you're uh, you know, being made fun of because you're a Christian or maybe not getting preference in a job or preference in a relationship because you're a Christian. But that commitment that you made to Jesus, say, wait a second, Jesus, I chose to follow you. And I remember, did you ever remember the commitment that you made to Jesus? You ever, I, I remember my commitment that I made to Jesus. It was a long time ago. And I had no idea I was going to be a preacher. <laughs> I did. Say, preacher, you should never have become a preacher. Well, tell him, okay? I didn't choose it. I was going to be a cop. You wouldn't have liked me either, right? I was going to be a cop. But I, I had no plans to be a preacher. I had no plans to be a pastor. I really didn't. When I was asked to come to Jacksonville, I, this, this sister named Charlie, is a, a girl named Charlie, she was looking when it was announced over the pulpit, and she said, Brother, you look so sick. And I was like thinking, yeah, because I felt sick. I'm sitting in Seattle, got a good job, I got 401k, I got medical coverage, I got a place, I got paid off car, I'm saving money, I'm getting ready to buy a 2000 Saturn, right? Woohoo! This is a long time ago, right? What, what car? I don't even in, it's not even in business anymore, right? And here the pastor comes and tells me to pray about going to a place that's across the nation. It wasn't next door. I couldn't commute. I couldn't telecommute. No. But what? What'd I do? I, I said, okay. I, I said, I'll go. He said, well, pray about it, brother. I said, no, I'll go. And I was thinking, what? When do you want me to go? He said, well, just pray about it. Just pray about it. What'd you do? I sold everything. I sold my car. You sold your car? Yeah. 
Back in the day, back in the day, you could take like four suitcases on the airplanes, okay? And I did. <laughs> Took like four suitcases. We shipped the Clavinova, the piano. We shipped my Bible school notes on Amtrak. Or I thought Greyhound. Greyhound or Amtrak. They actually ship freight if you have boxes. And it was like an 80-pound box. I know that sounds ghetto, but we didn't have anything. We didn't need a, 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 big, a big... We didn't have anything. But we just came. Say, preacher, where did you... What happened? How did, how did it work out? You know, when you serve God... Remember when Jesus sent his disciples out and they came back and he said, don't even take any extra stuff. Just go. And then when he came back, he said, did you lack anything? When we landed in Baltimore area or Dulles area where my parents live, they had bought me a car on the other side of the U.S. Now, I paid them back for it, but they gave me the family discount. It was only like $4,000 or something. So I incrementally paid them back. And then when we came down here, the uh, air conditioning's leaked into my uh, passenger side in my wife's footwell coming to florida the ac springs a leak brand new car but i attended service in baltimore and the preacher gave me a 300 dollars check reverend charles what was that fix the ac say well preacher how did it see i found a key when you're just committed to god man it's going to go to the next thing he takes care of you see there's a daily commitment but let me tell you the next thing is daily faith Daily faith, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. It's not talking about, you know, uh, the bread that you put peanut butter and jelly on, okay? It means your daily needs. And it could be that. I, I do like eating bread, okay? Peanut butter and jelly, toasted could eat about a loaf, right? But I'm not talking, that's not what the Bible said. When, we, when they were told to pray, to have that daily faith in God. So there was a church that opened across the street from a busy bar. So the church got busy and had a revival. A few days later, lightning struck the bar, burned to the ground. I mean, to the ground. You know what the owner did? He went to the courts and he said, I'm going to sue that church for everything they got. And the judge said, well, why? So well, I hold them responsible for the fire because of their revival and their prayers. And so they called the church pastor and the leaders. Church pastor and the leaders, of course, they're like this. No, 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 no. We deny all responsibility. So they got the bar owner on one side and the church leaders on the other side. And the judge scratched his head and he said, it's kind of hard to decide this case. Because on one hand, we have a bar owner that believes in the power of prayer. <laughs> and the church that doesn't. So he said, case dismissed. <laughs> just, a, just a joke, right? <laughs> Give us this day. How often are you supposed to pray? Now, the disciples said, teach us to pray. So preacher, prove it. Doesn't ever say that. Um, Give us... This week, our weekly bread? Are we supposed to pray for your daily bread every month? No. It says, give us now. We're praying now. What I need now. I, I need what I need when I need it. What? I need this. And you know what? You might need something tomorrow that you don't even think about today. 
With serving God, we need the faith that's daily in the daily grind. Don't go from Sunday to Sunday. You know, it says uh, seven days without church makes one week. W-E-A-K. Like sickly. You can't go without prayer. And I'm not talking about long periods of prayer. Now, I like that. I like to pray. I, I, I come here and I pray. I pray. I try to gain some silence in my house without devices. You know, I try to flee to the top part or the, it's a two story. So I try to go upstairs and they go downstairs or downstairs because I can't understand, I can't stand little unicorn game, you know, that, that get, so I can't, I like to have time with God, right? But I need to pray. Why? Because we need to have that daily trust in God. The daily grind requires daily faith. Paul learned about this daily faith when he was going through the daily grind. And I don't know, but the Bible says that when he was in Philippi, he was was, uh, put in jail. Acts chapter 16. And he prayed and sang praises unto God in the jail after he was beaten. It was at midnight. He had church. You know, you can have church at midnight when everything's going wrong. Instead of just uh, crying about it, crying yourself to sleep. Man, why don't you get up and have church? Really? So preacher, I'll go to that, not, that in a second. But uh, So what happened? He prayed and sang praises and so did Silas. And it said there was a great earthquake and the foundations of the prison were shaken and every man's bonds were loosed and all the doors, you know, God, God invented the automatic door, not Walmart, okay? God had it when Peter was taken out of prison. The gates just started to open. Like, how did they do that? Holy Ghost Power. And so Paul writing to the church in Philippi, I don't know exactly when he wrote it, probably after Acts chapter 16. He said in 419 of the book of Philippians, he said, but my God, the God that I serve, let me tell you, I learned something from this daily faith. He shall supply not all my need. Notice the wording. My God shall supply all your need. According to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, Paul had a confidence And, you know, one of the great things about serving God is not that things, not that you're healthy, wealthy, and wise, but you go through the daily grind and you learn that even in tough times, I can trust God. You know that in tough times, do you know what tough times together make? They make a strong family. They make a strong church. They make a, a strong military unit. You know what a lot of people miss about the military? Me too, is the fellowship. I mean, you go, well, why do you have... Such strong connections with these guys because you went through miserable circumstances together. And when you have that right attitude, it makes you stronger together. That's why God lets us go through things like that, I believe. But that daily faith, it says in Psalm 68 verse, I got six minutes, 19. Psalm 68 and verse 19. Blessed be the Lord who daily, I like this, there's a song that said uh, about being heavy laden, loaded down with care, all because we do not uh, what carry. carry everything to God in prayer. You're loaded down with care. Why don't we carry everything to God in prayer? It said, blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits. Now, that's what God does. Even the God of our salvation. Now, 
there was this guy that went to heaven and they, they walked by this big room and uh, he said to St. Peter, can I look in there? He goes, sure, man, you're home. So he opens the door and there's like gifts and all this, you know, all these blessings and everything just piled high. And the guy's like, they just got to heaven. Peter, what is that? He said, well, those are all the blessings that nobody ever claimed. They were the blessings for the people down there. You know that God loads us. That's why it says we need to get our eyes on him because God's desire is to load us with benefits. God in his heart is a giver. He's a giver. I, there was a guy that was going to help us unload some uh, tile some years ago. I used to work for a tile company. So I asked my boss, since he was going to drive this little uh, forklift thing, it was called a Moffat, and it sits on the back of a truck and it just can pick all these heavy thousand several thousand pound pallets of tile and just stick them in the building so I don't have to do it one box at a time. So I asked my boss, can I give him like 50 bucks? And he's like, sure. And I said, can I get it in fives? And he goes, okay. So I went to the bank and got it in $5 bills. So the guy unloaded it. I didn't tell him I was going to give him any money. I don't like to do it that way. So he, he unloaded it for us, helped us out. And then after he was done, I think his name was Rick. I said, hey, Rick. And he said, yeah. I said, hey, hold your hand out, man. And I said, hey, thanks for helping me. And he goes, oh, you're welcome. And I put $5 in there. I said, you're a blessing or whatever. And just put another $5. And, but I, I just kept making that pile bigger. And you could see him get uncomfortable as the pile began to stack up. But you know what? I found that being a Christian is just like that. The God that healed me is the God that's going to take care of me. And it might be little, but if you just hold your hand out to God, and you begin to say, God, uh, Jesus said this, right? He said, give it to me, my daily bread. I need benefits. You'll find out, man, God will load you up because God is a giver. And all, all we need to do is trust God. We need to declare chapter 11. What do you mean, bankruptcy? No, Hebrews chapter 11. That's the halls of faith. We need to declare that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. My daughter's getting a real report card this year. She's a second grader. Ooh, right? Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 2, for by it the elders obtained a good report. You know what? We got a report card too. The elders aced it with faith in God. We need to trust him. Get, brethren, he'll take care of us. So a preacher, uh, how do you prove it? That's the thing. We do prove it by faith. And you can tell someone else. The last thing, I got two minutes. I usually happen this way, right? Two minutes. The last thing, so we've got uh, daily commitment, daily faith, and then daily work. Daily work. And Acts chapter 5 and verse 42, and daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, they were supposed to teach the law to their children when they were walking by the way, when they were sitting in their house, and when they rose up in the morning, when they got up, and when they lied down. All the day long, they were supposed to teach their kids about God. And you know what? Our life is a teaching tool. It's a teaching tool. You might not be a Bible teacher for a big school, but you're a Bible teacher to everybody that you work with. You are a Bible teacher to the greatest resource this world has.
to your kids. You are the Bible to them. In fact, the preacher just talks, but what you live and what you say is the law to your children. We teach our kids the Word. And, and to know the Word, it's interesting. Okay, I got one minute. Acts chapter 17, it talks about these church members in Berea. These were more noble, verse 11, than those in Thessalonica. And that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. Find out what the Bible says. Do you ever get a promise from the Bible? Why don't you just put your finger on it and claim it? Say, that's my blessing. That's my healing. That's my protection. You know what? <laughs> My little, my little kid went to school. She goes, she comes back. She goes, I got one. It's like, what? An invitation. So it's the first day of school. She invited someone to church. You know what? Why can't we be like that? I got one. I got this blessing. I got this promise. I got this thing from God. It's mine. And search the scriptures, not because someone else said to do it, for your own benefit so we can come through in this daily grind. So the daily grind is exhorting one another daily while it's called today. It's a grind. God's got a plan for our life, though. Daily commitment, daily faith, and daily, daily work. Being a Christian is an everyday thing. It's not a Sunday thing. Let's get something. And you go to heaven, guess what? We're going to have church all the time, right? And we're going to have a good time. There's going to be no bar owners around to blame us, right? <laughs> we're going to have church all the time. Amen. God bless you is our prayer. You're going to be dismissed in a moment. Let's dismiss in prayer.